friends and fellow Buffy lovers, and welcome to our podcast, where we discuss each episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer in detail, focusing on digging deep into the themes, metaphors, and foreshadowing. I'm Leah. I'm Sarah. I'm Tabby. And this is Becoming Buffy. Hey guys, and welcome to the second episode of the pilot, which is called The Harvest. Very spooky. Mm-hmm. Very Seems ominous like something sounding. you would watch on Halloween. Yeah. Which, I mean, this episode is like a lot more kind of character driven. There's a lot of world building that is in this episode. And I think that it kind of does have a little bit of like a horror aspect to it. Yeah. This this episode is a lot more villain centric versus the other episode was more of establishing the characters yeah. and who they were. Mm. This one obviously is still establishing the characters and setting the ground rules for the world that we're building. Um, but it focuses a lot on the master and his henchmen. Yeah. Which is yeah. kind of cool. Well, they also like like you kind of said, they talk about the rules of being a vampire. A ton. And what that is, which I appreciate that they do that so much because, like, I've watched other shows, vampire shows or, you know, just sci-fi shows in general. And sometimes, like, they don't establish the rules right away. So you're kind of like, yeah. it'll take That's seasons true. to right. figure out things. Or, like, sometimes seasons, but also sometimes, like, you know, it could be the whole, like, one season you're just kind well, of like i think they're slowly ingraining the, the reason why they do that though is that it, they could change it in the future they yeah, want that's to true. they don't yeah. want to have like set rules because like what if we want to change this or we don't want to like block ourselves in what makes it structured is by having things to fall back on being like okay vampires have souls they yeah. are bad things they are not good yeah. you know I think because someone told me like a while ago when we were watching Jurassic Park of all things and they were kind of talking about how <laughs> I, think I think this is like our second Jurassic movie. Park yeah. reference. It's really? a, oh, they're, it's right. amazing movies. I will reference it constantly without shame. <laughs> but I think it was you, Sarah, who told me like because I, I, I remember saying like, I don't understand why I'm still terrified of Jurassic Park movies. Like I love them and I, they're like obviously not terrifying to the point where I'm like, I can't watch them. But they mm-hmm. genuinely are just very good at still being scary even though it's But years the later. graphics aren't great. No. It's all about like leading up to it and the perspective. Yes, but it's also like they do an excellent job of setting up the rules of what the dinosaurs are. So when they when a rule kind of comes up, you're like, oh my gosh, this is terrifying. Like, for instance, you know, you can't move when you're in front of a T-Rex. Mm-hmm. It creates this certain amount mm-hmm. of suspense because you know, okay, this is the one weakness the T-Rex has. Right. But then the minute someone breaks the rule and, you know, runs off, yeah. you're like, no, don't well, do they, that. They have to be creative with setting up different rules for the movie as well. And not seem like they're trying to shove all this conversation, like dialogue down our throat. They did a masterful job of it. Just makes it interesting to listen to, makes it comedic, um, and then also does a lot of showing, not telling. So he tells what he cannot show. By the time we get to this episode, we will have seen every possible way that a vampire can die in action. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which which is, is really really cool. Yeah, which is very smart and it's very well done. And like, I think that. Like the Jurassic Park it's reference, not lazy. yeah. Jurassic Park reference was always was one of the ones that stuck to me because I just was like, yeah, like it's a lot more terrifying when you know the rules and they're established because then, like when you know what to expect a little bit, it but helps also, the suspense. It helps the suspense, but also when they're broken, it's a big 
deal. The suspense is what makes the Jurassic Park movies good. Like, if we rewatched the first three, and I was yeah. like, wow, the graphics are, like, not no. very great. <laughs> Subpar. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're and good so for it, their time. And so is Buffy. But what makes them so good is all the other stuff they have to do to make it yeah. seem a lot more scary, a lot more suspenseful. That's a really yeah. good point, Tabs, because whenever I tell people about Buffy, sometimes their turnoff is the graphics. And I'm like, yeah. Or the name. We watch – or the name, <laughs> right. But once you get past the name, yeah. they're like, all oh, these graphics. And I'm like, listen, nobody watches Buffy for the graphics. Yep. If nobody you do, watches I Jurassic Park for the question graphics. your, like, judgment. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you guys ready to talk about The Harvest? Yeah. I think I'm done talking cool. about Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, For this which episode. podcast is this? Jurassic Let's Park transition or- into Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is The Harvest, season one, episode two, as Tabby mentioned. And it was written by Joss Whedon, again, and directed by John T. Kretschmer, who did not direct the first half. Um, and it That's aired- so weird to me because they're supposed to go together. So like, yeah. In my mind, I'm like directed by the same person. Yeah. You can totally tell in the show when- Joss isn't directing it. Yeah. It's a different feel for sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm just His shocked. His episodes are usually my favorite. I'm mm-hmm. just shocked that he didn't direct the initial, the the premiere, like the yeah, beginning. Yeah, yeah. But it's really funny because, or I guess I should say the pilot, not premiere. Um, it's really funny because when we were watching the Joss commentary for this episode and the one before, he's like pointing out little things throughout the episode and is like, ah, this is bothering me. Like the little details because yeah. he's yeah. a perfectionist. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because I wonder, I don't know I, I didn't double check this, but I don't know that he directed anything, like hadn't really directed anything up until this. He'd written a lot. And so he was he more behind Toy the Story scenes. Before he, ri- he wrote Toy Story, direct Toy mm, Story. Okay. Yeah. So I wonder if like, because we know that he definitely directed some episodes of Buffy later on. Yeah. And so I'm curious when he decided to actually like get back on Probably that. Probably after he was like watching a lot of his own stuff and being like, oh, I can do that better. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Hey, if any of you guys know, email us. So, yeah, okay, it aired on March 10th, 1997, obviously the same time as the other one because they were aired back to back. All right, so Buffy's about to be chomped mm-hmm. on by Luke, but then her necklace that the mysterious hot stranger gave to her yes. sizzles him. And this is the first time we've seen a cross actually in action. We've heard what it does before, but this is the mm-hmm. first time we've seen it. And yeah. he jumps back in pain, and she jumps out of the coffin runs out of the crypt and we see willow yell xander because there's a couple vampires trying to grab xander and take Mm -hmm. him away and buffy she grabs a stake from the tree rips it off stabs one of them which i think we mentioned it in the podcast before but like dusting vampires was really expensive yeah Yeah. and it's funny how you don't see any dusting till the very end of the episode you don't see many yeah yeah. true there's two yeah it's because it's so expensive. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just very they funny. kind of were strategic about who they dusted. Yeah. yeah. And they so had I'm, to be worthy of it. Yeah. <laughs> and Sarah like pointed out that like Buffy broke the branch off the tree, mm-hmm. which is like kind of the same idea of what she did in the first episode where she broke the leg off the chair. Mm-hmm. Just kind of showing like how resourceful she is in very little ways. Um, but you can tell just by her interaction with Giles and conversations like that, that he had a very clear idea of what a Slayer was More going traditional. to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she's kind of like slowly showing that you know she's, she's a little not. bit more yeah, yeah she's a little bit more creative and kind of uh goes with the flow yeah and i wanted to talk real fast about the graveyard um this is an actual graveyard mm-hmm. in hollywood and yeah. joss mentions that in season two they actually build their own graveyard mm-hmm. which is pretty cool i think this is the only season there's an actual graveyard right yeah. they're in um no actually they have uh graveyards later on but we'll talk about that when we get there we notice that Jesse's not here anymore, and um, yeah. Xander and Willow are like, "Hey, they took Jesse." Yeah, well, we have that 
the this is oh, the, the whole dramatic. montage between <laughs> the library, master's tomb, library, master's tomb. Yeah, well, a they lot did a, of cutbacks. Yeah. yeah, they did a really good job of interspersing yeah. the information between right. some like action scenes and stuff. And we had to, like, and it's hard long. because since there were so many switchbacks, we had to write down what was said in each yeah. time they went back to the library. Each yeah, time they went to see the master. There's a little monologue or um something that um that willow says she's like sitting down trying to like comprehend everything <laughs> and then sh- she says something like oh i need to sit down and buffy's like you are and she's like oh good for me yeah yeah <laughs> she's so cute i really liked giles saying you know people rationalize what they can and forget what they can't yeah because you know both xander and willow are trying to like okay right. maybe we saw this maybe it was a trick of the light and buffy's like okay i've heard all this before i did it myself right yeah which i like that they kind of put that in there because it, when it shows that like Buffy herself was in the same position that Willow and Xander were at one point where she didn't even want to admit that vampires and all that was real. So it kind of shows that like, you know, even though Buffy is very, you know, strong and brave and all this stuff, like she did start off in a place just like Willow and mm-hmm. Xander where she's like, I don't want to believe that. That's, mm-hmm. that's scary. That's weird. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think that's real. Mm-hmm. This scene, Giles talks about um, what, vampires actually are and yeah. he says yeah. that in, initially they were demons or there was a demon that came down and bit someone and basically took over their body uh, uh, vampires are demons in human form so human infected with demon yeah and he mentioned something about the old ones which we have also heard the master talk about as well right and yeah. um in the commentary with joss he mentioned that it's very important for shows or like horror movies or things like that set up the rules of the universe pretty much and they have to be very like strict rules in order for it to make sense because in his words it was like because when you break those rules it's more of an impact yeah um and so i think that it's you clearly see that in this first Mm -hmm. two episodes where you know joss took a lot of time and a lot of conversations to set up the rules very clearly Mm -hmm. so they're talking about the origin right now and Mm -hmm. then you know Later, they'll talk about other stuff. Right. And he also mentioned how someone becomes a vampire, too. Like, you had to be drained of your blood before you die. And then you have to, like, suck each other's blood yeah, back and forth. Sex. Yeah. Like one whole big sex fest, yep. I think, is what Buffy said. Yeah. I love what Joss was saying. Because we also see, like, Willow's at a computer. And he was talking about how they do things with computers that you don't actually do in real life. Yeah. And I really loved what he said. He goes... There's going to be a suspension of disbelief at some point. Right. And he goes, in our show, we decided to make it not so much about how they're doing something, but to focus more on the emotion of why they're doing it or the emotion yeah. that comes out of that. And he yeah. goes, we go for the emotion or for the pain rather than going for, let's be absolutely true to like right. real life scenarios. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you want to be consistent, but mm-hmm. that's it's still a story. Mm-hmm. So then we go to the Hellmouth, um, mm-hmm. also known as the Church, which it was like this last rewatch, like my tenth rewatch, that I realized that the Master is actually in a church. Yeah, I never realized that, and I was like, yeah. oh, and I think that's so interesting. Kind of like again, Joss yeah. flipping the genre on its. Well, it's head. supposed mm-hmm. to be like his own prison, so I think mm-hmm. that's part of the reason why he's like so determined to like get out is because he's yeah. like I'm literally stuck in the place that I fear the most I fear the most yep. yeah exactly he's got a huge cross behind him yeah yep. and he says he's been there for three score years and we find out in a uh, scene or two later Josh says um, that he was there since 1937 yeah mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you see Jesse as an offering. He's just standing there. Yeah, Jesse's yeah, just like, listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then he kind of starts talking a little bit about like slayers and how slayers mm-hmm. hunt vampires. They, everyone finds out she's a slayer in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back in the Hellmouth Chapel, I forgot to say that Darla comes in and she talks about that Jesse's pure. Yeah. And the master's like, um, no, you tasted him. He's mm-hmm. not pure anymore. He's mm-hmm. tainted. Yeah. And you can see he grabs Darla by the throat and you can see her scared of him. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. Um, so definitely showing that there's like somehow a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's the master. So obviously yeah. he's in charge and stuff. His name, I guess, gives it away. Right. But then he's, <laughs> they're talking about how Jesse has been upgraded. I love this scene where Xander's like, they can fly about vampires. Yeah, which is kind of a callback to the movie. The movie. Because yep. you, as if you guys have seen the movie, which I don't assume that many of you have, <laughs> but I would recommend it. It's hilarious. But in the movie, the vampires can actually fly or float, at least. It oh is very comical. So um, weird. It is not a serious movie. It should never be considered a serious movie. <laughs> but we think it's hilarious. But yeah. yeah, he's like, they can fly. But I thought that was like a clever way of Xander throwing humor into the situation. Yeah. But they were still like establishing that no vampires can't yeah. fly. Like yeah. through all of this, they're like telling you the rules, but they're doing it in funny, interesting ways to where you're catching on the rules without being like, oh my gosh, stop. Let's move on to something else. Yeah, you know? totally. This is the scene with Willow trying to hack into yeah. the files. And I think it's really funny because you see Giles over there like, um, this is perfectly um, legal on the up and up, right? Yeah. And she's, like, she's like, sure. <laughs> but I think that's kind of cool. Like it's giving Willow kind of like an edge to something because it's not mm-hmm. just like her and Xander be like, oh, the ditzy sidekicks. Like they're part like you kind of this episode, you kind of start to see them being like a team. And starting to kind of work yeah. together. Yep. And, you know, Except, Will was getting her like, job with, like, being able to do stuff on the computer, which is yeah. really cool. She's mm-hmm. smart in computer stuff, not just in book smart. Yes. Which I guess that you could think of it as being kind of the same thing, but I think of it as two separate things. I don't Me know. too, yeah. But, yeah, this is this is an interesting episode for some character development that – um, yeah, very small. Yeah, very <laughs> yeah. But like the whole where Buffy's like, "All right, I need to go like rescue right. Jesse and Xander." Xander's like, <laughs> yes. "No, I want to come." Well, and he's like, "All right, I want to come." And Buffy's like, mm-hmm. "No, I'm a Slayer. Yeah. That's what yeah. I do." And his first response to that is, "Oh." I'm useless type thing. I'm inadequate. I'm yeah. less than yeah. man. I'm less yeah. than man, yep. Which, again, in a way, it is kind of setting the rules of Buffy is a Slayer. And, you know, everyone else is not. So it is kind of showing, like, at the end of the day, like, this is Buffy's call. This is Buffy's mm-hmm. world. She's a slayer. She slays vampires. Yeah. And they don't. Well, and I think more than that, too, I think Joss threw that in. I mean, I, I can't speak for him, but the way it reads to me is Xander is like, this is my friend. I want to go mm-hmm. do this. And when Buffy says, no, I'm going to do it, he takes it yeah. as a personal blow to his right. manhood. That and he's I think, not helpful. Right. But I think that Joss is putting that in there. Because he's trying to say this is a girl's show. Mm-hmm. Slayer is girl. And and she's a girl. Yeah. Not that men can't watch it. Right. But that like it's written in a way that's kind of supposed to show like women are powerful. Women mm-hmm. can be powerful. Like it's not that guys aren't powerful. It's just that in this particular show we're focusing on girls. Right. Yeah. And like I think and you'll see this later on too. It's like the Slayer is supposed to transcend the law. So like um, police 
you hear um, later oh, on, yeah, Willow's like, like, well, is this a stupid question? Why can't we yeah. call the police? And they're like, oh, yeah, and they would believe us. Or like things like that. Yeah. The Slayer is supposed to be the law of the demon world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. she's supposed to be somebody that's like, mm-hmm. you need to trust my instincts. Yeah. I'm the one with the powers. I'm the yeah. one with the knowledge. Like I was chosen. Because is the police yeah, for the is. demon world. Like She, she really is like kind of sent there to protect the people and right yeah. you know all but i stuff. love that they throw in that line that was like a scene or two before i think back in the, the last scene mm-hmm. of the library where they're talking about he's like well, well can we just call the police which i think is a brilliant line because, very logical yeah, you would definitely yeah. be like call yeah. the police and buffy's like what can they do and i think again that's just establishing the rules of this the um the show and the world that we're in and being like it'd be completely unrealistic for police to well, get involved. Yeah, they, also, well, the first he, thing she that said, I, all they would do is bring guns. Like, yeah. well, not like that, but the first thing I think of is like, policemen are very logical and it's, and like, they're like, oh, there's no bodies. So mm-hmm. vampires aren't real yeah. or, or not bodies mean like vampire bodies. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's like, you know, puncture hole, but they can make any logical or any like story behind that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For all they um, know, that could be like a serial killer's trademark. Right. Yeah. yeah, totally. If there's dusting in this universe, then like, there's no real, mm-hmm proof yeah that they're vampires especially since they can change their faces too they can look like normal people walking yeah. around at night yeah. yeah well and they they've already brought up the idea of kind of like that bliss in a way that you know just like xander and uh, willow experience where it's like that couldn't be a vampire could it you have no idea if there's other stuff that has happened oh, in being Sunnydale. oblivious yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm. you know maybe police have seen or have evidence for but are just kind of like i'm sure that's not real and yeah. kind of like discounting it yeah yeah so then Buffy's like, all right, I got to get out of school. Mm-hmm. And so she goes to walk out the gate and Principal Flutie's like, where are you going? Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, I wrote it down where this, the scene is actually like, it's pretty a small interaction, but it kind of shows that like the more that Buffy chooses to be a slayer, mm. the less she is, you know, normal. actually normal. Yeah. Right. Yep. So like she has to skip school. Yep. She has to like you know, break out of school. Like, you know, right. obviously very, very small example, but it's just showing like it, it's going to be very hard for her to maintain mm-hmm. that normal yeah. girl lifestyle mm-hmm. and be a slave. Well, not only that, yeah. but like that's incredibly hard to be somebody who's like transcends everyone else who's like a human who's yeah. like chosen and yeah. then to have to abide by like stupid yeah. rules as a 16 year old. Yeah. You can't even leave campus. Like, yeah. and I think that, I think, I mean, I don't know if this was intentional of Joss or not, but it's like everyone kind of feels like that as a 16-year-old where it's like you have so many rules and you feel like you're like, I'm the exception. Mm-hmm. I should be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And you have so many like restrictions. Maybe you have curfew at home. Mm-hmm. Um, being on campus, you can't even leave. Like I forget that I have so I had so many liberties in college. I'm not in mm-hmm. college anymore. But I'm like, I can skip class. It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. That's my decision. I can drive there on my own. Like there's so yeah. many things. Yeah. That's a lot of power to give a 16-year-old. And I... Um, I mean, we don't see Buffy abusing it. Obviously, she's doing it for right reasons. Right. She's sa- trying to save a life. But I would imagine. Well, like, and she doesn't even really want it. Like, no, this she point, She's kind of been she's like, like, she's I already don't. tried to like quit. She's like, I'd take normal. But it's yeah. just interesting. I would imagine like for her, it's probably like hard to find that respect for authority, but also be like, I know something you don't. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Well, and then there's also that funny line where he kind of tells her like to keep her feet there mm-hmm. yeah. and then immediately girl she jumps the ground uh-huh. yeah she jumps over the right. fence and right. it's like literally a shot just on her feet i yeah. thought it was so clever mm-hmm. yeah then. it was very clever and joss said you know they have a huge budget 
for stunts. So like they had to go with that whole like you don't actually see her jump over the fence. But yeah. he did it in a clever way with the whole feet on the ground. Yeah. Where it's just totally primarily on her shoes, yeah. which excellent shoes, by the way. Mm-hmm. So then um, you go into the hallway. Yeah. OK. And then Joss mentioned uh-huh. that this was actually a filler um, scene shot that yeah. they had. They were a couple minutes short yeah. after filming this episode. And he's like, all right, where can we go in? Which is so interesting. I never I, I always think of maybe having it too long, but not it being too yeah, that's short. True. Yeah. Well, this was also a two part episode, too. Yeah. So like, yeah, they had so much yeah. and they split it in half. and They're like, oh, shoot, we still need some more. Yeah. yeah. But you can totally tell that Xander's hair is a little shorter. Um, we, yeah, we noticed Tabby that. mentioned that first. I yeah. didn't even notice. And Tabby was Tabby was like, Xander's hair is a little shorter. And I was like, no, it's not. Yeah. And then the commentary, they're like, yeah, this you was can tell they're later. trying to like push it down to make it seem as long. Yeah. But it, I mean, like. It didn't pull me out of the continuity of the sh- of the episode, totally. and I think that this shot was very needed. I was like, yeah. I, I you needed to see why Xander follows Buffy because yeah. then he just well, appears. and it showed it showed that they were like very human because they're both kind of like, okay, we need to go to class now, mm-hmm. even right. though like one of our best friends is missing and the other yeah. one is about to go tramp right. into like a bunch of like or, vampires to save him, like they're they're talking to each other looking around everyone has like their normal life and they're like Mm -hmm. we have information no one else knows like how are we supposed to go about our normal day they're kind of discussing probably what buffy has to go through every day and it's interesting how joss did this because when we meet buffy she already knows she's a slayer so she's already kind of come to terms with what she's like the juxtaposition between her real life and her slayer life but we're watching what buffy went through through the eyes of willow and xander i think that's a super clever way to do an origin story yeah you know yeah without actually doing an origin story right so then obviously xander's gonna follow buffy you can tell just like and willow i think kind of knows it too she's mm-hmm. like no you yeah, need well, to get that's to class she's like yeah. we need to get to class right yeah like, yeah she's for like, sure okay. i just yeah. okay so i just want to know so principal flutie was like where are you going how did xander, how did get, xander past get out principal i literally flutie? thought that i was like yep. i think it was probably during like recess or something because everyone was outside room but he was locked recess. but he locked the <laughs> gates so i'm like did xander but like i think it's that idea of like you know, when like you're a teacher or I guess you're a principal and you have this kid who you've labeled mm. to be like, quote unquote, a bad oh, kid. So you're going to follow so them. So you're going to follow them. You're going to check true. on them more. Whereas like Xander, you can tell, which is very much a part of the crowd. Yeah. So like, like you don't ever see him talk to principal. I, I'd like to like, just think that there's a behind the scenes deleted clip of Xander trying to climb the fence. Break out a window. <laughs> or I would like love to see that. And, like, he would not try yes. to climb the fence. He would try and fit through the bars. He's like, I'm a slayer too. <laughs> Girl power. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm my man. friend too. <laughs> All right, so Buffy goes to the mausoleum. And oh, and we had missed that one. I forgot. So Buffy was trying to talk in the last scene with in the library. Buffy was like, hey, so where did that guy come from, that right. guy Luke? And then she realizes that Luke came up from behind her, that there must have been another way to get into the yeah. mausoleum. Yeah. The entrance is in it's there. It's like another thing to kind of show that like Buffy is very intelligent. And mm-hmm. like she like because I know that sometimes she'll say like lines or she'll say things where it kind of plays her off as like, this very teenage girl. But like she She's very intelligent mm-hmm. and she like yeah. is very like intuitive and like thinks with her and head. I think like a part of her wants to keep that persona because she doesn't want people to um, think like um, she doesn't want to lose herself. She wants mm-hmm. to wear her cute clothes. She wants to have that part of her life so badly yeah. so that she can stay like hold on tight to her humanity. She doesn't right. want to be fully like someone who's like a robot slayer. She wants right. to have her emotions. She wants to have her friends. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. yeah. So she realizes that in the last scenes. Now she's in the mausoleum. Right. And the she's pretty walking over. Is. And yeah, who appears? And we find out his name is Angel. Angel. 
And she's like, would so she sweet. say that's a pretty name? Yeah. <laughs> but I think like, she wanted to say you're pretty. Yeah. But this, this uh, interaction, well, I wrote uh, first and foremost, like, chemistry there's like they have really even joss said it in the commentary banter back and yeah 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 but it's also like it's really interesting because like buffy is like very she kind of challenges him Mm -hmm. because she's like are you gonna come down with me and he kind of he says says, i'm afraid i'm afraid Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and her kind of thing was just like i have a friend down there and Mm -hmm. so like because he was in a way almost telling her like hey don't don't go down there Mm -hmm. like they're they know you're coming all this stuff Mm -hmm. but she was saying like I don't really care if yeah. they know. Mm-hmm. I don't really care what they do, but like I have a friend down there yeah. and that's worth fighting And he for. says, quote unquote, they really don't like me dropping in. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot more to this character yeah. that we yeah. have How did not they know seen. you? Yeah. Um, yeah. And he knows the tunnels. He, yeah, he gave her directions mm-hmm. about the tunnels. Like, And so you're sitting here and you're like, oh, there's a lot more to this character that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do know his name is Angel now and that they, the people know of him down mm-hmm. there i wrote and it's something i hadn't ever spotted before but like he's obviously like kind of snarky with her but he's also kind of like you shouldn't go down there it's dangerous and it's yeah. just interesting because yeah. he doesn't say exactly what xander says but he kind of says like roughly what Zan- xander's like hey like you shouldn't go it's dangerous so it's interesting that the guy characters are all the ones that are trying to stop her and i think that's again joss trying to be like right. hey look there's this girl that's willing to go where guys don't typically don't want to go mm-hmm. and she's willing to put herself in danger um when the, yeah. the male characters i mean obviously xander follows her but i often wonder like if xander would have followed her if buffy wasn't obviously going before him like i think yeah. he felt a little bit better. or if like buffy wasn't this hot attractive girl and he's sure. like, okay I'll follow i you. need to prove that i'm a man yeah. or he's a like hot girl if she can go i can yeah, go yeah right yeah. exactly yeah so um yeah he's like she's like are you gonna wish me good mm-hmm. luck and he just stays quiet and he's like good luck and yeah, yeah. Like, every oh. girl got goosebumps yeah it's like okay angel period <laughs> so they're in the sewers and I just want to know how Xander got past Angel. Oh my gosh, I literally wrote this down. I was like, how did Xander catch up? Like he probably was, was listening, clearly- being like fuming. Yeah, yeah. who's Angel? Yeah, yeah. who is this kid? To? They high fived like- as they walked past yeah. each other out the crib. He's like, you go catch him, hoping that like Xander will like somehow die or yeah. something. Right. Or knowing Angel, like from what we've seen so far, he probably was just like, oh, whatever. This kid can go on there. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Xander's like, yeah, there's another person hanging out in the mausoleum. Happens all the time. I yeah. think it's just more interesting that that like I genuinely don't know how he caught up because like yeah. Xander and Willow were talking during class at that time. Buffy was already halfway to the thing. It could be a cutscene though. Could have been like you know. Yeah. 20 minutes down or I'm sure he was like running or something I but mean, like when he showed up I was like oh my goodness how how did he catch up yeah. to be fair he, she was to be going. fair Buffy had a like you know five minute conversation with right. Angel Xander was probably trying to book it yeah. so this conversation with them in the sewers is interesting because then you hear of the other ways that you can kill a vampire which is beheading yep. or mm-hmm. hurt them I guess beheading um, and then garlic mm-hmm. and then fire so um, yeah again establishing yeah. the rules and then she tells that cool little story about one time she had a little yeah. exacto knife and yeah. wrote that like, down too <laughs> he's like oddly comforting yeah. again like she is very creative with what yeah. she does and she's obviously powerful which we haven't really seen her right. fight a whole lot at this right. point right. and I also like I wanted to point out that like the lighting in this scene is oh, very yeah. interesting because like a lot of times in the movies or shows that I've seen it's kind of like lighting is very important and it tells a story of its own mm-hmm. but like the lighting is very like almost horror-ish because it's very dark mm-hmm. for a lot of the scenes you don't really see xander and buffy's faces you really mm-hmm. just see light behind them yeah and so it's very cool that they wanted to create this effect of like 
it's like something could jump out at any moment. Yeah. Like you really just don't know where they're going, what's happening. Like it kind of almost leaves you in suspense. So yeah. like the lighting in this whole tunnel scene is just so well done in my opinion, mm-hmm. because it's like, I feel like it would feel weird if they're like under tunnels and there's like a ton of light. You're like, why yeah. is there light in tunnels? But it's like, it's filmed really well done. Yeah. And yeah. the, um, Mike Gershman is the guy who does the lighting for Buffy and he, um, he purposely left a lot of black one so that you're like, okay, anything could jump out at us, but also to showing the bravery of Buffy and I guess Xander yeah. going into the total darkness. Or yeah. even like Xander tries using flashlight and she's like, no, turn off. Like mm-hmm. they're going to see. It's realistic. And it's also yeah. very like yeah. horror. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So they're in the sewers and then I love that transition. I don't know if you guys noticed it, the transition from the sewers to the library. We have the file cabinet that kind of like cuts out mm-hmm. and swipes over. I just love that transition. I think it's really cool. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. And then you have um, Willow and Giles talking inside the library, yeah. which is hilarious to me because Giles is not, where where did Xander go? And yeah. Willow's probably like, yeah, he's with Buck. Like she yeah. knows, you know. But it's, it's very cool to see the dynamic between Willow and like, Giles. They're both very logical. Both very logical. They seem pretty like mm-hmm. more outsiders ish. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's very cool to see like mm-hmm. them kind of like bonding in a little bit of way and like working yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Or you also see Willow is more tech savvy and Giles is absolutely not. So like, yeah. like she's showing him the ropes a little mm-hmm. bit and right. he's like, oh, he's like yeah. not at all like, com- yeah. like used to computers. Yeah. And so then we um, go to the computer lab. We and see oh, Harmony. Harmony, yes. Is this the first time we see her? Yeah. yeah she was on oh, the first episode. Love her. I was looking for her. Yeah. Technically, she's still in the pilot, though, because this is the second part of the pilot. Right, but, right, yeah, right. Uh, Mercedes McNabb is the actress who plays her. She also auditioned to play Buffy. Mm-hmm. Everyone did. I think all much, the females did. Pretty much in all the show. of them, yeah. But it's interesting. She's the youngest actress. Yeah, isn't she she's like 15 16. or 16? Yeah. 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 She was the only one who was actually a teenager by the time this episode had aired. I know. Isn't that crazy? So the rest of them were like 20 at that point. Well, I think isn't, wasn't um, Sarah Michelle Gellar like 18 or 19? She was 19 when she filmed it and Uh then 20 probably when it aired. Yeah. Xander, I think, um, was was 26. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 27 was um, uh, Charisma Carpenter. Charisma Carpenter was 26 Mm -hmm. when she filmed it. Yeah. 27. I think um, David Boreanaz, who played Angels, the same as that. Yeah. Yeah, everyone, Crazy. and then um, Allison Hannigan 23. was 23, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So everyone was a little bit older, yeah. which I'm like, man, some crazy good genes here to look Right, they like, all yeah. look well, very high school Xander, age. Like, I would yeah. not have guessed Dang, if he was right? like late yep. 20s. Yeah. yeah. But I think this is interesting because Cordelia is talking about Buffy right. from the night before, and she's like, yeah, she was yelling and screaming, I'm going to kill you, which we saw that episode. Buffy didn't say anything. So yeah. Cordelia yeah. is obviously exaggerating. A little bit of a she's drama hyping queen. it up a bunch. Yeah, I mean, and then obviously. this uh, pothead guy speaks yeah. <laughs> ducks his head in yeah he's like so buffy funny. you're like who are you <laughs> yeah and i think this is interesting because um willow tries to stand up for herself mm-hmm. and which you've noticed in the first episode she didn't even think she it was didn't. Her mm-hmm. time. you yes. already see the fruition yeah. of her friendship yeah. with buffy yeah, yeah. like but already it's like, challenging her it's really sweet because like willow didn't stand up for herself but she stood up for mm-hmm. buffy yeah. that's very, true very sweet. that's sweet yeah and I love that she's. Um, she asks her, "How do you save this?" And oh she yeah, says, deliver, deliver. Oh my goodness! <laughs> or Wonderful. she said, so "There's like one line I didn't write it down, but hopefully I can remember it." The Cordy says to her, "She's like, she says something like, oh, I don't ask questions about your life because you're boring.'" Yeah, and then like, you yeah. see Willow just kind of stop talking after that, and you're like, "Oh, I'm like that's so sad." Yeah, but I think it's also like this fact of like 
Willow just kind of stands there and she's like, yeah, that's a mean comment, but also like... She has no idea. Yeah, I'm dealing with vampires and slayers. And like Willow's, I mean, uh, Cordelia is sitting over here trying to decode this program like that that I know everything about. Yeah, Yeah, so she's just kind of sitting there like, deliver. That's a really good point, Leah. I hadn't thought about the fact that I think um, Willow's probably putting things into perspective now. She's like, yeah. I have a friend mm. that's in peril. Yeah. Like someone saying that mean comments me. to me, it doesn't really matter as yeah. much. I mean, it's probably still going to hurt, but I have so many other things going on in mm-hmm. my life right now. It just puts it into perspective. Yep. So, all right. And then we're back into the sewers again. Jesse suddenly appears out of on nowhere. The floor. Yeah. He mm-hmm. claims that he was bait. Yes. So the vampires told him. Yes. And so we are all... At least when I first watched this, I was kind of suspicious. I was like, okay. Yeah. But like then not really sure what was going on. I was like, okay, yeah. obviously they're going to do some sort of a setup. We don't know right. what. But yeah, so then they're trying to like get out and they go and they see um, glowing eyes. Well, and glowing fingernails too. That was the first time I ever oh, noticed I that. Didn't notice they that. had, it looked like they had, um, Nail polish. Uh, nail polish that was glow in the dark. That I used to have that in junior high. Yes. I had the little crackle one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my word! I wonder who was like, "Hey, let's put glowing stuff so we can see your fingernails." Well, it's kind yeah, of a cool shot because it, it angled straight at the nails, and you could see them oh. in the back. So it was. Like, I only yeah, saw their eyes because I was trying and to count how many for, there were. <laughs> yeah, for those of you guys who have never seen this show before, we do want to preface that like this episode was very experimental for Joss. Um, he's kind of learning like how he wants to portray his vampires Mm -hmm. and so like specifically in this episode and like the one before like they're a little bit slower than they will become yeah and so fight scenes will be a lot more so he wanted to make it more like dramatic and like kind of like horror and Mm -hmm. suspenseful whereas like in the future like it it is a little different obviously not like crazy Mm -hmm. but like this episode is definitely a little bit more um campy campy yeah for sure it focuses on the horror aspect a little bit more Mm -hmm. too but yeah so then they they turn back and then run into jesse who Mm -hmm. has his vamp face on has clearly been turned into a vampire which i can totally understand that like for that time that must have been like a huge shock because like yeah they really make him out to be like one of the gang in the first episode well i put that in there too it's like this is the first time you see a friend Mm -hmm. become something you know or like where you have to decide like there's a dilemma you hear Mm -hmm. xander say i'm sorry Mm -hmm. to him um but you even still it doesn't really click for him that you like yet that he's like his friend is dead his friend is gone well um and then we mentioned this in the spoiler um part of the podcast last week we can say it now that joss um knew he was going to change jesse into a vampire obviously Mm -hmm. and he was gonna put um eric balfour into the credits sequence because he really wanted to do like a bait and switch where you're like hey okay cool like um eric balfour is part of you know the the credits the main cast and then all of a sudden for one of the main cast to turn into a vampire or die Mm -hmm. i guess die really and he he's like I wanted everyone to have this feeling of no one is safe going into right. the show. Yeah. Which, which I mean, honestly, cool. he still kind of portrays that in a way because yeah. like Jesse is in a lot of the same scenes that like Xander and Willow are in the yeah. first episode. And you really get the sense of like, okay, the four of them. Yeah. That's yeah. the gang. Yeah. And then like in this episode, it's like kind of takes you through that, like mm-hmm. kind of flips it over on yeah. its head and it's just like Nope, like nothing's yeah, safe. Yeah. It's kind of a power move. <laughs> but I wrote down what Jesse said when um, Xander was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry this happened to you. And and um, the way that Jesse describes it is he feels good, mm-hmm. he feels strong, Powerful. And he feels connected. And yeah. he's like, you know, and I can, I, I'm going to drink your blood. I'm going to kill you. And I think that's interesting because we're observing a vampire for the first time, but so is Willow and so is um, Xander. And so they're trying to be like, okay, this looks like our friend. This talks like our 
our friend and he says that he feels good, but then he's also talking about killing me. Right. Mm. Like, so you're like, okay, is this my friend? Right. But they're a little crazy or is it something else? And obviously we'll find mm-hmm. out sooner, later in the episode, what kind of a vampire right. really yeah. looks like. Well, like too, like I feel like, I, and I, again, I don't, I'm, I mean, I'm just projecting on what they were trying to like, um, have like the theme be or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like if you're a, um, kind of a, a quote unquote loser in high school mm-hmm. and you have like no one that's really your friend, you feel like invisible, you feel like, um, you know, like no one's like really like taking you seriously. I feel like if people get maybe it's like a substance issue or like whatever it is, and you kind of feel like this rush of power and then mm-hmm. you don't know how to handle it. And then everyone else is like, I'm so glad you feel better, but like this isn't good for you. Sure. This isn't good. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're trying to rationalize with it, even though Jazz right. has told them it's a demon. And I and I would imagine seeing your friend or whoever that looks and talks just like someone you've known since childhood. And mm-hmm. that's probably a really hard thing to to have to marry the two concepts together. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they um, they take off running. They um, end up getting out from a grate, a sewer grate. Yeah, and- I did want to po- uh, point out when they're in like the, the, room. V- the ventilation system, mm-hmm. um, the camera, how it was filmed was they put the camera on a board and, and they had down. the skateboard oh, yeah. follow them, which is like, such a cool idea because like, for such a low to, budget yeah. they were very inventive. but it's also like you one you can't tell but it's also too like it kind of creates that feeling of like suspense because it's yeah. not like it's shaky. perfectly filmed yeah. it's like shaky and like mm-hmm. it's like moving along that. with That's them really cool. like super cool idea mm-hmm. yeah um and then also went out to um the hand the grabs sunlight. onto her like leg and mm-hmm. it's the first time you see sunlight burn yes. yeah yeah i kept a note of all the ways we see that um different things hurt vampires yeah because they were very intentional about putting almost everything in mm-hmm. so so far we've seen staking so far we've seen sunlight the cross um we've seen the cross and that's it mm-hmm. but they've mentioned beheading they've mentioned um holy water and, and fire mm-hmm. yep and then we've just seen the sun for the yep. first time so yeah, so now we're back to the church with the master, and he's obviously very upset that um, Jesse, or not Jesse, but Xander and Buffy got away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thought this was interesting. So this vampire that he pokes his eye out, his name is Colin. And <laughs> I know, Colin, poor Colin. Gets his eye out. Yeah, gets his eye poked out, which I thought was really interesting, because I would imagine Darla bringing a tainted person would be just as irritating. Yeah. And he didn't do anything to Darla. He grabbed mm-hmm. her by the throat and seemed like he was going to do something. Yeah, um, it was more of an idle threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or right. well... But um, there also could be more that we the viewers haven't seen. Yeah, between exactly. I just thought that was interesting that there was... Right, yeah, there's a difference. Like, oh, no, screw you, Colin. But, yeah. you know, Darla, <laughs> yeah. you get a free pass. It was um, just interesting. And this, this scene actually um, was also added in, just like the Xander and Willow one. Um, because they had needed more time mm-hmm. and they wanted to show like a darker side to mm-hmm. like the master. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. So then we go back to the library where Giles and Willow are there still doing more research and they um, mm-hmm. find that there's been like a rash of murders. Um, and so it would seem that, uh, the people are kidnapping vampire or vampires are kidnapping people. So that was a quick scene. And then we jump back to the church 
And um, this episode has a lot of flip flopping. Yes, a lot of flip flopping. And so then you have Luke and the master and the master essentially tells him, hey, like I'm this isn't working at bringing people to me. So we need a more effective way of getting my strength up. I'm going to make you a vessel um, Mm -hmm. and going to whoever you feed on is going to empower me and make me stronger. Yeah, right. I just thought it was funny, though, because you just like put the blood like on Luke's forehead. And I just kept thinking of Simba. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, but it is like um, I was reading this thing they were talking about it was like a baptism mm-hmm. and it's interesting because it's mm-hmm. in a church yep. so yeah. it's a perversion but instead of holy water it's blood he's yeah. putting on so his so it's forehead. supposed to be like a dark way of yep. putting yep. it well you usually do those think... baptisms with babies as like a, mm-hmm. like a birth or whatever yep. and this is like kind of flipped on its head yeah. yep but i also think that it can be taken in a way even in lion king it's kind of like a way of doing like oh this is the sun this is the air mm-hmm. this is the... and so it can be taken in a way of like you know, the master is almost seen as like the father or the mm-hmm. father head. Mm-hmm. And then like Luke is seen as like, you you're know, my vessel. So you're vessel. Jesus, the son. And yeah. then I'm empowering you with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yes. Yeah, so symbolic and mm-hmm. so like twisted and evil. Yeah. And he's going to go literally to go kill people and suck their yeah. blood. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's such a perversion. And they're in a church too. So um, so Luke drinks the, the the master blood to become the vessel, and they don't explain like how this ritual works exactly. We're just supposed to kind of just trust that the master's yeah, super old. Trust that he knows what he's doing. Bunch of tricks <laughs> in his bag that he just pulls up. Yeah. So. I mean, hey, if you're a super old vampire, I'm sure you have plenty of time to catch up on your reading yeah. on like creepy right. evil ways to like survive. Right. <laughs> Um, Buffy and Xander come back and break the news that Jesse yeah. is dead and is a vampire now. Xander kicking the was technically the recycling bin mm-hmm. but um he entered he says that really funny line also like sad and that's that's mm-hmm. the thing that joss is writing it has does such a good job of marrying sadness but also like it's kind of tragically like tragically sad yeah, you're and like, funny oh. yeah, yeah. And he's like <laughs> yeah. he's like i'm gonna take a stand I, I hate vampires i'm gonna take a stand and say they're mm-hmm. not good mm-hmm. which is funny but at the same time you can feel his pain Right. Um, it's kind of yeah. powerful. And he said in his commentary, too, that he really wanted his characters to be three-dimensional and more than just, like, there's something else to them, but also, like, he wanted the show to be um, horror, to be um, action, to be humor, to be, like, so many other things. He didn't... He wanted to show also that his characters had good moments and could also be corrupt mm-hmm. and could also be really emotional and mm-hmm. like make stupid decisions yeah. and like things like that which like we'll see it's very human um yes mm-hmm. totally um and i think he wanted xander's character mostly to be like just very emotional when it comes to things too mm-hmm. um but he was more of jesse's friend than everyone else yeah. was it yeah. seemed yeah. like so yeah then we get the explanation for why everything is kind of happening. And he talks about the Hellmouth, And mm-hmm. the Spanish word for that is Boca del Infierno, and um, which is essentially mouth of hell. And Giles talks about how the master was this evil vamp that was trying to bring back the old ones, the old vampires that we heard talk about. And back in... Um, that really, I think it was, did I say 1937 or something like that? Back when he was, uh, he got trapped in the church because there was a earthquake and they describe it as like a cork in the bottle. So like there's the hell mouth mm-hmm. and the master's trying to raise these vampires out of the hell mouth. And he essentially got stuck 
and right. is clogging up the hell mouth. Yeah, but what once an he gets, awful place I know, stuck, but once man. he gets released, then the hell mouth is open and all mm-hmm. sorts of things can happen. Right. So he's like the key to opening up yeah. the hell mouth. And in they, a way. they uh, describe the hell mouth as like a portal from this reality to yeah. the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is terrifying. Right. It's <laughs> yeah. literally the mouth of hell. So this yep. is why bad things happen. Yep. Yeah. So they all determine, ooh, like the master is going to attack the bronze. Because he even says, he's like, I know Jesse. If he were like evil, he would, the first thing he would do to feed would be at the bronze. Because like, as someone who's a loser who can never get a dance, you never talk to the pretty girl. Yeah. Like, with my newfound body and confidence, I for sure want to go to the same place, you know? like man i want to go and be the man of the room yeah yeah which is hilarious it's like um we don't have uh that much money for that many sets so where can we have them go to the bronze every week yeah to be fair it's like if you think about it it's like a bunch of young people who have like fresh blood pumping and like are all in one place where they have no like military or things it's that dark are too by. yeah it's dark mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who are probably horny so there's like probably a lot of couples who are making out so you could probably <laughs> make it look yeah, like that's true. oh there's a couple over there don't bother yeah. them so it's like it's a yeah. pretty pretty like, easy and pretty easy, easy out. place yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yep so then we see um buffy's room and she's pretty much preparing for battle she's got her hair up yeah. she's walking her room and mm-hmm. um she goes got her pants on yeah instead and then, of a little cute little skirt yeah yeah mm-hmm. she's she's wearing the cross because it saved her life before mm-hmm. and angel gave it to her yes <laughs> and then joyce comes in the room mm-hmm. and i love that joyce is like you know your principal called said you skipped mm-hmm. some classes it's happening again and you can see the concern and the worry on her face and but she even says it and like it's happening again isn't it yeah like she's she just really her. like sad yeah. she's yeah. like her voice is like oh like, yeah. come on, Buffy. Yeah, like, like she believes better in Yeah. Her. Yep. And I like uh, what Joss was saying about Buffy's mom, about Joyce. He was like, we made Joyce to kind of be uh, sympathetic, mm-hmm. but we also see Joyce from Buffy's perspective. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we're like, ah, oh, her mom's nagging or her mom's doing this or whatever. He's like, Joyce really does love Buffy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or even she says like this, <laughs> this line is like so sweet because it's like it fully embodies like how joyce is feeling she's like all the tapes tell me i need to get used to saying it yeah no she's like she's uncomfortable saying it but it's like really trying it's very sweet because like this is another like example of like buffy being not a regular girl and wanting that but like has Mm -hmm. to the the more she becomes a slayer the less Mm -hmm. she can hold on to like a quote-unquote normal life yeah and so like she's having that moment where joyce is like i know when you're a teenager it's always the end of the world and buffy's yeah. like in her head like yeah yeah kind of right. yeah well Which like I- joss like he said in the commentary he was like it was such a cliche to put it as a for a parent to say that he's like yeah. but he's like i couldn't pass it up because it was in this case a real situation yeah. like she says everything is always life or death to yeah. a 16 year old girl right. Right. And oh, we forgot to mention before, but Giles is essentially saying they're going to bring forth the apocalypse tonight, like the end of the world mm-hmm. type thing. So Buffy's like, this is the end of the world. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, like I find myself, you know, I'm a mom now. And when I first, when I first watched the series, I was, you know, a teenager and I related a lot with Buffy and I still relate with Buffy, but I'm relating more and more with Joyce as I get older. And she's talking about 
like reading the books and listening to tapes and i'm like man all the feels but it's she's also, a single mom too she's yeah. trying to learn it on her own but she also like has that really sweet moment where she's like you can sit up here and sulk and i won't yeah. have, hold it against you yeah but like, yeah if you want to you can come down and we'll have dinner and it's like it's very I'll sweet thing of like, yeah it's this very sweet thing of like hey i have to put my foot down i have to be this parent mm-hmm. but like just know that like i understand and mm-hmm. i also think it's kind of cool that she's like all right i'm gonna leave you to it and she never checks up on her because obviously it seems yeah like i mean she doesn't know she's not she leaves there. her room but i think how she's like respecting buffy's boundaries we had this talk like she's just a really good mom yeah, and you can tell sweet. she cares so much but um we see buffy go over to the trunk which i loved this mm-hmm. metaphor for buffy's life. like on yeah. the surface when she opens it looks like a regular girl yep. but then deeper underneath yeah. all of that is who she actually mm-hmm. is you have a jar of uh like wafers pretty much and you're just like well no one's mentioned these yeah like what is this for Mm -hmm. yep and we see several steaks um some holy water lots of garlic um yeah yeah, just a bunch of stuff in there that a normal girl would not have and she pretty much packs almost all of it and puts it in her bag Mm -hmm. um and then she slides off the roof. Yeah, slides off mm-hmm. the roof. Very She's scooting. And her mom doesn't see here at all. And she all. like dumps the whole like oops, thud. I'm like, how I would know. you not hear that? Joyce is all like listening to her tapes in the kitchen. Can't hear <laughs> Joyce is like, I'm not holding it against her. I'm not holding it against her. <laughs> yeah. She's like repeating it out yeah. loud. So I can believe like, it. She's making a lot of noise. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> She's just angry, working it all yeah. out. She's, She's still in her out. room. She definitely didn't try to sneak <laughs> out. She doesn't have a history She's of that like, at all. She's like, She's still there. I know, right? So sweet. Yep. I love Joyce. Yep. So we're now at the bronze. And this mm-hmm. this scene is really cool because it was and again because mm-hmm. they needed or they needed more footage for um this the episode. And they also want some more foot to stand on when it comes to Cordy's character. Yeah, which I really love. Mm-hmm. They were like, Hey, I love that Joss is like, Oh, we have extra time. Who should we add in? Where should we add in? He was right. like, Cordelia, Willow and Xander, like all these side characters, mm-hmm. let's yeah. make them well, real. And people. more footage with uh the master as well, which I think is good because it's like He's trying to give each character more rounded development instead of being like, here's three more scenes for Buffy. It's like, no, here's three more scenes for each character since yeah. we have time. And honestly, yeah. that's the beauty of Buffy is it really like you really feel like you love these characters, not just Buffy. I mean, Joyce, we're relating to Joyce, you know, and mm-hmm. she's the mom. She's yeah. supposed to be kind of yeah. like the foil. And I will say, like, Cordy's outfit is, like, one of my favorites that she's going to oh wear. Oh, my gosh. I love Super it. Super cute. So Her cute. hair is really I cute, I love too. how she's talking about college boys. And she's like, mm-hmm. what do college boys have? The high yeah. school boys don't have. She's like, cars. Cars. Yeah. <laughs> yep. She's like, it's not that it's more expensive. It's that it costs more. And, and you're then, like, okay. And you can tell like one of her minions is kind of like, oh, uh, uh, I'd like to say. And she's like, excuse me. Motor mouth. <laughs> yeah, motor mouth. But it's like, it's such an iconic moment. <laughs> and I'm then she's like, like, I love Courtney. Stops. It's like, oh, I love this song. Let's go dance yeah. now. I don't, I'm done and all talking. Of her, all of her friends she are like, okay. Herself. <laughs> yeah. and you can tell like, it's just like, that's, mm-hmm. it's so high school. It's like one girl has such a dominant personality. So the rest of them are like, you must be cool. So it's like, you're the mm-hmm. most outspoken. So, yeah. okay, we'll just follow you. And like yeah. Cordelia yeah. just definitely takes advantage of that. And is like, yeah. excuse me, I'm talking. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. And then you can see Jesse staring at her while she's dancing. And you can see kind of in his eye, mm-hmm. he's like, I have this new found power and confidence. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go show her that I'm different from the person mm-hmm. who yeah. asked her out well, last night. There's right. even a possessive quality in the way that he Predatory. looks at her. It's mm-hmm. very predatory, and it's interesting because now you're seeing the juxtaposition of like, hey, there are some maybe like good qualities of being a vampire, like or things that you would want 
you don't want to be a vampire because you yeah. are immoral. But even even the quote unquote good qualities are tainted. Ooh, so it's like, yeah. mm-hmm. yes, you have confidence. You are able to kind of be like more bold mm-hmm. or a more assertive like self, which is all good qualities, but it's sure. like, it's tainted by like, you you own people. Mm-hmm. You don't have any empathy, mm-hmm. you know, that we've seen. And like, and it's also like we, I don't know if we mentioned it, but like, you know, when Giles was talking to Xander, he kind of pointed out that like, Xander, this isn't your friend. Mm-hmm. This is like the person who killed your friend. Yeah, he mentions so, that in the next yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very clear distinction of like, vampires are not like, you know, because in some uh, some of their shows or movies, like vampires like can be good or they can be bad. Mm-hmm. But like in this, it's very clear, like, yeah, the vampire is like the person that has killed your friend. They are not your or friend. Or they maybe they can do, quote unquote, good things, but it's for the wrong reasons. Like what right. you're saying. Everything's tainted. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, the song changes um, and it's by Dashboard Prophets. Yeah. Dashboard Prophets. Can't read my own writing. Um, and the song is called Wearing Me Down, which I think is hilarious <laughs> because it really does Ray feel like knows. he's like trying to wear yeah. Cordy down and she's like, okay, just one dance, which I'm like, mm-hmm. it's interesting because Cordy has been so like, ugh, this entire time. And mm-hmm. then he comes over and he's like, becomes assertive and immediately she's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Well, he says, shut up. And yeah. she's like, uh, but I think she's I like, used to that. Just like, Cordelia is such a dominant personality mm-hmm. that she like really just wanted someone who was going to take charge. And yeah, while some guy who was like, true. Oh, like, maybe you would want to dance because like Cordelia is so like, eh, as if type of thing. Yeah. But like for him to come in and be like, no, you will dance with me. Yeah. I think for her it was just kind of like, okay, right. like, yeah, sure. Right. She's like, no one's ever done this with me before. Yeah. I don't right. really know what to do. Okay, right. fine. One dance. Right. Yeah. All right. And so then the music changes. It's still Dashboard Profits, um, but it's now Ballad for Dead Friends. Which, which is, is when we way on the nose like what in the world and i think it's hilarious as a bouncer like what is he is his okay, id for i wrote this down people like when they walk in slow motion which by the way super cheesy yeah. i laugh every time i, I watch I it forgot, i yeah. forgot about the scene and then the song started playing and i was like oh no it yeah <laughs> it started playing so glad like, they don't do any yeah, slow motion in the front like swinging oh, their arms do. and kind of like come not on, as bad boys. though like but like this one i was just like Oh my god. Okay, I wrote this down though. Like they're walking by and he's like he's like, "Hey, let me see some ID. I can't let you in." But I'm like, "But everyone is in there is underage. But Why do you have like, to see ID?" But you also have to understand when it comes to like underage bars and things like that, most of the time when they are underage, they'll mark their hand or something. Mm. So that they'll allow them but right. they check but ID. I've seen that on them. I haven't right. seen mark. But hand. you can kind of like assume that like right. if they're letting them in, like the bouncer has checked their ID and has some way of being like this person is younger. This person is like allowed to drink. Right. I just thought it was funny. He was just oh, super yeah. adamant about yeah, it. Yeah, and he was like, "No ID," and we're like, "Uh, what?" Everybody it looked like everyone just kind of paid him off when they were yeah. going in. Well, Buffy walked in and just handed him money, and yeah. then just walked straight in. Super last episode. funny. Yeah. So then Luke and Darla are there, and I think it's interesting. I love how the scene is shot with the lighting because you have Luke standing there, and right. you have the golden stage lights behind him, and I, that's that's a common theme throughout the shows. You have the juxtaposition of the golden light and the blue light, and yeah. Um, typically gold is supposed to represent happiness and peace and all that stuff. And then you, the blue light is typically supposed to uh, be the opposite of that. And you have this golden light behind Luke and then he kind of moves forward and his face is bathed in blue light with mm. golden behind him. Dang, I didn't even pick up on that. It's just That's interesting. Really cool. As viewers, you're like watching this show, look for the juxtaposition yeah. of golden and blue light because yeah. it really tells a story throughout the entirety in, yep. of the show and it becomes more important later on, but... 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then he's basically like, they're like, hey, bring me food. (laughs) Yeah. So then um, the gang arrives outside the bronze. And that's where Giles tells Xander, like, Mm -hmm. this isn't your friend. This is is the thing that killed your friend. And I think that's a really important distinction and a good thing to remember. Mm -hmm. They're getting everything ready. And Luke is like, hey, I want some food. And Darla's like, all right, this one's pretty. You can have her. And Jesse's like, hey, she's mine. And she's like, no, it's for the master. And he's like, I can't have one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Again, this is him seeing Cordelia as an object, which I think was a really good point that you Mm. made, Leah. Mm. He's not seeing Cordelia as a person. Yeah, it was was ownership. It was like, oh, you didn't want me before? Well, now I have you. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't get kind of an option in this. Yeah. Because he sees himself now as superior to her. Yeah. So Buffy's like, hey, you you guys need to get um, to Giles and Will and Xander. You guys need to get all of the people out. I'm going to mm-hmm. go in and take on the vampires. Mm-hmm. And she does which that is like, super cool stunt. Yeah. Well, which before mm-hmm. that, it kind of shows that like as much as Buffy is needed to kill all the vampires, like if it weren't for her, you never know if all those people would have. If it weren't for like Willow, Xander, Giles, mm-hmm. you we wouldn't know what would happen to a lot mm-hmm. of the people. They she were needs able, her friends. Yeah, they were able to get the people out while she was kind of kicking butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was kind of like they both were, you know, I, I'm not going to say like equally important, but definitely oh, they both were, needed, were very though. important. Yeah. yeah, and I liked that because sometimes you're like the side characters have nothing to do, but they were like were needed to like help get people out while she's causing right. a di- diversion. Yeah, and then like, as you said, like there's like mm-hmm. such a cool stunt. She's like Sophia standing Crawford, up on the top man. and then she like, um, he's like, hey, come down here or whatever. And she's like, okay. And she's like a mm-hmm. backflip lands on yeah, the pool table. Super cool. Yeah. Um, and then she stabs a vampire. And with it doesn't the, dust. And it yeah. doesn't dust. You yeah. just see the like pool stick kind of just like wobbles. And then you hear the sound effect and it falls to the floor. Yeah. They're but like, how like, can we save money? That was a creative way. It was yeah. really creative, yeah. but also kind of delayed. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. So they don't have to pay for the actual dusting. And I, I just wanted to mention that. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar doesn't do um, all of her stunts. She has a stunt double, Sophia Crawford, who's incredible. But Sarah Michelle Gellar does a really good job of being seamless with between the transitions yeah. between herself and her well, she, stunt double. She does like some some stunts, not a bunch, but she did yeah. do Taekwondo or something like yeah, that. Yeah, she has like a black belt. Um, and then she's also did Taekwondo and kickboxing. Yeah. Yeah, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. She did not do the flip onto the stage, but she does a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then props to her for sure. I love that um, Cordelia is just like sitting there with a terrified look on her face. Yeah. And then I I wrote in my notes, resourceful Buffy again. Yeah. Just using the, there's that really cool scene where she grabbed a drum symbol and yeah, she throws it. it Another and form of death that's yep. shown as decapitation. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And when that was, this scene was cut from BBC when it was aired in England. It's too it violent. Too graphic. <laughs> yep. And then you see Willow get holy water and splash yep. Darla. And and Darla was supposed to die, but we just see her screaming and running from the um, the room. We have the whole scene with Xander and Jesse. And I think it's really cool that you see him like not stab Jesse instantaneously. Yeah. Well, he's like, well, he, I don't even know if he was like probably going to do it, but it ends up happening where some girl comes and pushes Jesse on him. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of like ends up killing him by default in a way. But like, you know, it's it wasn't intentional. Scene. Yeah. A hard scene of like Xander sitting there and he's like, I don't, you know, I don't know if I want to kill this person. Cause even though they may not be my friend, they're what looks like used to be my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then you have Buffy's really cool line where she's like, you forgot one thing to Luke. And she grabs another of the 
um, pool sticks. Yeah. And you figure out what those are called. <laughs> yeah. And then she throws it at the window behind him. Yeah. And then she has like that funny line where she's like, it's about in eight hours. She's like very intelligent, like just kind of mm-hmm. showing him again, like she's very smart, but like yeah. she'll, she will always be the one to like kill you, but like have a little like snooty line mm-hmm. in there, like halfway and just because, you know, she's that's just who she is. Yeah. Yeah. Snarky. Well, and I really liked that the light that was outside of the um, the club, the street light was golden. And then the light lit on his face. He has he already has blue on him, but then the golden light lands on his face and he's like, ah. Oh, yeah. And then he realizes, and she's like, it's about, it's in about what, four hours more on or something, yeah. eight hours. I don't remember what she said. Mm-hmm. And then um, she ends up dusting him, which is him the down. second dusting you yeah. see. Yeah. Jesse and Luke, I think, are the only two dustings yeah. in this mm-hmm. episode. They were like, okay, we have to show them die or else nobody yeah. will believe. Right. Right. Yeah, they get all down. And then uh, in the commentary with Joss, he was saying he was like, yeah, he's like, we decided not to have all of the bodies they drained, like oh, yeah. lying down. He's like, that might be a little bit morbid in the second episode. Right. Um, well, because gonna- realistically, there would be, you know, so many of the, the humans he used to be a vessel through Luke. Yeah. yeah. We want to make it semi-happy. Well, I was going to talk about how like a couple of vampires had Xander and were dragging him away. And you had what Joss calls the Spielberg shot where Mm -hmm. you zoom in and Buffy just kind of looks up and she's got the blue light on her. Mm -hmm. Looks super imposing. It's a very iconic Buffy look as as everyone will see. It's used in the credits. Yep. And she just kind of looks up from where she dusted Luke and gives him a look. And they're like, okay, we're done. And they run away. I'd run too, man. Yep. And then um, the last scene at the school. Mm -hmm. It's very like... Like, well, no, not yet. Well, they they walk out, and then you oh, see yeah, Angel, Angel pop out, yeah. and then he says she did it. Yeah, and like he yeah. looks surprised, but he's like also proud. He's like, "Wow, she's yeah. a lot different than I thought she yeah. was going to be." But it's also it's very funny because in the earlier episode, like we saw that he was kind of like, "Oh, like didn't didn't have much faith in her," mm-hmm. and he was he's very scared. like, "Yeah, he was very like, I'm scared. Like I don't like." And then mm-hmm. I've inferred like, "I don't want you to go down there. Like yeah. it's dangerous." And so like you kind of see him slowly being like, "Huh, like she's." Right. can fight for herself. Mm-hmm. She can yeah. do more than which might what make, I've been able to see. Which might make him gain confidence too. Well, and hopefully a little bit of hope that, ooh, maybe someone can actually take down the master. Yeah. Right. Because he's like, this guy's really scary. You're well, going to die. Well, he clearly is a man of information too. Mm-hmm. He knows things. Yeah. So the fact that he knew what was down there and yet she kicked butt and mm-hmm. like did all that, he was like, wow, like I was afraid to do this knowing full well what it was and she didn't even know. Yeah. And she did all of it. So that's awesome. Yeah. So then we go to the school, and I wrote that um, Buffy's outfit looks very um, Cher from Clueless. Yeah. She's got the boots and the pink dress and the pink and, hair tie. Well, and okay. the lollipop. The lollipop was supposed yeah. to signify Buffy from the movie. Yeah. She had lollipop yep. all the time. I wrote that down. And she also looks a lot like her character Daphne from Scooby-Doo. Yeah, she does. Yeah. She had the little yeah. scarf uh-huh. in it. Yeah. yeah but it's, about that. it's very cute, it's though, cute. because it shows, like, Buffy is like she has these both worlds like you know she was kicking butt as a slayer last night in you know her jacket and shirt and pants and then like today she's like in this cute little dress and like yeah. has like her hair tied yeah. and like that's who Buffy is she is yeah. like she's, she's both, both of those girls yeah, yeah, yeah totally absolutely and she's not like just fully one or the other because I feel like if she were fully one of them then she wouldn't survive yeah right. you know if she was fully the slayer I feel like you can definitely like your brain would switch into like mm-hmm. killer mode and you would lose humanity. Mm-hmm. And then um, if you were fully Buffy during the day, you'd be 
seemingly a lot more weak mm-hmm. and like yeah. you wouldn't have field time you know yeah but it's like it has this very like almost uh 90s feel of like kind of like oh the gang's all here together yeah. the music the is music the music is so different like for most of the episode it's been very like horror and action and now it's like very like you know ooh, teenage all, movie teenage movie yes. like we're all together like and we're you, having fun. you also pan over accordion she's talking to somebody and oh, yeah. again is so oblivious oh, of yeah. what happened she almost died something was wrong with their faces you should have been there and Buffy over there like kind of okay are they gonna say anything and yeah. then, then they go into their whole oh whatever it was yeah. probably nothing people yeah. you know doing drugs Denial. and then she you can see the relief on her face as she walks on and realizes okay people still don't know my yeah. secret but I think it's that idea of like a lot of people in Sunnydale probably have seen way more than they will let on because it's just like that idea of like oh we're gonna deny it we're gonna like push it down we're gonna ignore it like all this stuff because like Cordelia literally saw them probably up front. She saw Buffy like kill all of them, but they were like, trying to bite her neck. Yeah, and her mind, she's yeah. just very like, no, that doesn't happen. Like That's especially weird. on Sunnydale. Yeah, especially having her status being the queen bee of the school, mm-hmm. like she doesn't want to invite the idea of demons mm-hmm. because she's like, I don't want it to interrupt the life that I have created right. for myself. Yeah, absolutely. But so, yeah, yeah, and then Giles says the Earth is doomed because yeah. he's listening to these mm-hmm. teenagers realizing yeah. the Earth is literally resting in the hands yeah. of this but it teenager. also has this cute little moment where he's just kind of like this is only the beginning like they're gonna there's yeah. gonna be more mm-hmm. battles yeah. gonna be more adventures and i mean obviously there's seven seasons worth of something so like you <laughs> have to assume there's more to come well also right. he said he said um there might be more than just vampires we come across yeah he said there could be other things yeah and so i think that's the first time you hear it. it's like oh there could be more than just vampires mm-hmm. out there like that's it's crazy yeah it's, it's we've such, only known of vampires so far it's such a smart idea to do a two-part um pilot because there's so much that he wanted to set up in this yeah. world and he really covered everything and yeah. he'd rather do it right away rather than mm-hmm. like spread it out through episodes and yeah. episodes all right well i think that that kind of wraps up our final episode of the pilot which is so 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 fun i cannot believe that like we actually are starting to get into it because the first two episodes are technically a two-parter yeah and so which we've mentioned probably it's a lot of dialogue rule building exposition which is really fun but it's a lot to you know yeah a round of applause to you guys for getting through it yeah you know everything to look forward to on buffy and i will say like the first season has high highs and low lows so like there there are a few episodes that are gonna be a little rough Sometimes to watch, but we warn, we'll have fun yeah. through it. We'll, we'll have make warnings. fun of it. We'll yes. Yeah, we'll be like, hey, just so you know, this is not one of our favorite episodes. <laughs> we will let you know. Yeah, but yes. there is always something worth watching in mm-hmm. an episode. Always, yes. at least one thing that makes the episode worth it to watch. And I will say too, like the fighting scenes get oh my word so much better after the season. Like I think mm-hmm. that they just weren't aware of how powerful they wanted to make yeah. Buffy and like everyone else in vampires and everything. So it just seems they're kind learning. Of weak. Yeah, they're kind of getting their footing. So they yes. like well a lot of it was budget. Yeah. Um because sure. they had to go back and do reshoots at the end of the season for even some of the stuff in the pilot yeah. simply because they didn't have the budget until then. So hang in there. If you're having trouble continuing like I did when I first started, just know yeah. Um, there's going to be some rocky episodes. There's also going to be some amazing ones. Yeah, there but ultimately, are some great episodes in season one. Yes. Ultimately, Buffy is a slow burn character building show. So mm-hmm. just watch it and enjoy what you can. But just know there's some good stuff coming ahead. Yeah. So you guys can find us 
at Becoming Buffy podcast on Instagram. And you can also email us at Becoming Buffy podcast at gmail.com. We have had so much fun hearing from you guys mm-hmm. over the past couple of weeks. Those of you who have um, seen Buffy for the first time, those of you that um, haven't even seen Buffy but are listening to the podcast, um, it's just been really fun, you guys. So keep it up. And if you have anything to add, um, if there's anything that you have questions about or that you want to see in the future, um, please email us or DM us or, you know, comment on our posts. We, this is just really fun. I'm, yeah. I'm having fun. We're super ready to talk about next week's episode, The Witch. So you have that to look forward Ooh. to. Yeah. <laughs> you can episode. ponder what uh, that episode might be about. So <laughs> They're like, okay. And then they pop onto Hulu and watch yeah. it. Which, by the way, yes. if you want to watch Buffy, it is on Hulu. It is also free on Facebook Watch. So no, yeah. Um, so guys, this concludes our spoiler-free section. And we're now heading into Scooby Secrets, also known as the spoiler full section of the podcast we'll be talking about foreshadowing character development everything spoilers for the next seven seasons um so if you don't want to know any of that then feel free to just exit here and we'll see you guys next week if not then we'll see you in a few minutes Hey everyone, welcome to Scooby Secrets portion of the podcast where Woo-hoo! we talk about spoilers, foreshadowing, character development, all the things that we can't talk about if you've never seen the show before. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you all have seen the show and want to watch. If not... Or you just like spoilers. Or you just like spoilers. Which is completely <laughs> fine. No. <laughs> if, you li- don't, if you like spoilers, stop. Tabby's like, get Don't out. do it. No, get okay. There is absolutely... I'm here to affirm everyone. Oh my word. Oh my goodness. There is absolutely no problem with wanting to know oh information knew, like beforehand. everything when she watched the Which freaking show. Which I don't regret at all. I absolutely... Yeah, because you don't so know what it's yeah, like on the other exactly. side. Exactly. She knew, she knew like 90% of it, and there were only like two things she didn't know about it. But I still enjoyed every second of it, so. Well, whichever way you fall on the Tabby side of the road or the Leah side of the road. The correct side. Welcome. Thanks for listening. The correct side. Thanks for listening. We're obviously talking about The Harvest, which is episode two, and we won't be going through every single detail like we did um, earlier on in the podcast, but we're just going to be talking about things that we highlighted that we want to talk about that would spoilers for a first time viewer. Mm -hmm. So let's jump in. Um, My first thing for notes that um, I personally noticed. It's the first time that we're in the church with the master and everyone. And you see kind of like um, his like domineering relationship with Darla. Mm-hmm. But you see like her kind of like scared, like she respects him a bunch. Mm-hmm. But like you said in the non-spoiler portion, like there's mm-hmm. like some difference in how he treats Luke and her. Right. And, and like Colin. if you... Colin, the guy yes. who got his eye. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes. Poor Colin. I know. Um, but like when you when you watch Angel, because I hadn't seen yeah. Angel and like I wouldn't have ever thought about this or known about yeah. it. But like you see that like he treated her like a daughter. He turned her. Mm-hmm. And he had like possession over her mm-hmm. and like really cared for her. So you can clearly see it's crazy. It's like, oh, like there's a difference mm-hmm. in how he treats Starla. And I mean, you yeah. can't really see too much that he like really cares for her. Yeah. Um, but it's just interesting that, like, a vampire can, like, really care for someone, which we'll see yeah. with, like, Spike later on with Drusella mm-hmm. or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. I also marked down about Darla, too. It's just interesting because 
at the time when Joss wrote this, he didn't have a plan for Darla. But yeah. I mean, most, I mean, there's little things that you're like, why would they do that? Obviously, right. that was not solely consistent. But yeah, they, for the most part, you, a lot of stuff can be like, oh, this makes sense. The one thing that I did notice was um, Luke talks about how he's been with the master for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And they even have a, um, a line where he talks about the last time a slayer had beaten yeah. him was Madrid. Like 18 1843 in Madrid. I had to check my notes. Yes, it was 1843. So, but in the flashbacks with the master and angel and Darla, the the Luke should have been there and he's not. So, but I guess you could also say, like, because there is a point where, um, the, uh, the master, Darla, and angel all split because, like, they, well, because Angel doesn't want to be Angel under didn't master. want to be underground. Yeah. He wanted to be up with the people and sure, all that stuff. Sure, but somehow they're all back in Sunnydale, so maybe, yeah. But it was like maybe in between that time where like they left, mm-hmm. Luke kind of took their place. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Well, and Angel wasn't with them for a hundred years at that point. Yeah. So maybe Luke came during the absence of yeah, Angelus. It could be totally. Um, a really interesting observation that I read about is Darla. Um how she's dressed as a Catholic schoolgirl. Mm. It's interesting because in Angel, we see her, and even in Buffy and flashbacks, we see um, how she dresses. And she, her background is she was a prostitute um, mm-hmm. before the master changed her. Okay. And so in each era that she's in, she dresses in a way that will allure men. A very promiscuous thing during that time. Yeah. Early 2000s or late 19, you know, the 90s mm-hmm. um, is very like schoolgirl thing. Because even I think of yeah. like um, Me Spears. Yeah. And I like the music video. Hit me baby one mm-hmm. more time. It's because it's that whole like idea of like innocence. Innocence. Yeah. And so I think uh, like people may be attracted to the sure. idea of like right. this innocent bad girl type of Well, idea. I think probably in Joss's mind when he was writing it was, hey, let's make Darla appear as innocent as possible and then do the like old bait and switch of, ooh, she's actually a vampire. It's yeah. the whole juxtaposition of innocence versus evil. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because it is also consistent with Darla because we see her dress um, as a noble woman in the 1800s. Yeah. We see her dress, I think, in a kimono at some point. We see her dress just in different ways to allure men. Um, and it's kind of like wearing a Catholic schoolgirl outfit. Hopefully it's just to allure like she's her target audience at this point is uh, high school guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just thought that was really interesting and like yeah. consistent with Darla. Yeah. Angel. That's true. Oh, I have um, <laughs> the library. The first one. I just love Willow on the computer breaking the rules. Yeah. It's just true. so good because yeah. Willow, a lot of people I talk to are like Willow's a a rule follower. And I'm like, but we see her break the rules almost more blatantly than any of the other characters. But she's not I really think, proud of it, though. I even think, when she says it. I don't know. Mm, she seemed pretty proud it, of her hacking is, skills. Is that, like, Willow, Willow is definitely a rule follower. I won't say that she isn't. But I do think that, like, she rebels in very little ways. And obviously they start to compile up. We've we've talked about before how Willow has this unhealthy relationship with uh, mm-hmm. power. But, like, she does little things because she kind of like wants to feel like she's not a mm-hmm. rule follower. That's a very like rule follower thing to do. Yeah. Like they, they're they're so stuck in one box that people put them mm-hmm. in that they try to do small things to prove to other people sure. they're like I am not this. Yeah, but I think it's also too 
we are seeing a little bit of Willow's abuse of power here mm-hmm. because Willow doesn't like being powerless as we're probably going to just talk about until the end of this, the show. Yeah, end of time. She, yeah, the end of time. She, You see her, like when, how she bites back at Cordelia. Like she mm-hmm. uses her power, her knowledge of things right. to um, get back at people, to get what right. she wants because she hates and right, helpless. And well, right now, her knowledge is her only superpower. She doesn't have yep. like witchcraft or whatever yep. it is. Like, Right now. And she wants to be useful and part mm-hmm. of the gang. So it's, right now, was, that's what she's using. And we see her as insecure. So I could easily see her being like, hey, right. I'm just going to do something that is morally gray or maybe even morally black, I guess you yeah. could say, depending on it. She's probably justifying it to save Jesse. Mm. Um, Which is totally understandable. And I don't right. want to paint this in a way of being like, oh, Willow's doing something so sure. poor, bad here. But like, it's just it is interesting. interesting because you see Willow, she does little things and like, they just kind of start to pile up because like, she justifies it in a way of like, oh, I'm helping people or I'm doing good or like, yeah. you know, I'm I'm assisting Buffy or like whatever yeah. it is. So like, yeah, she does morally like ambiguous gray or yeah. black things to kind of to help out, to, help to make out. things yeah. better. Yeah. But like you do see that like it does start to take a toll on her, sure. obviously not for a few seasons, but yeah. like very small steps yeah. to start happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, she does that with, um, in season six, when she's like erasing Tara's memory about the argument mm-hmm. in her mind, that's an okay thing to do because, um, we both didn't enjoy that argument, you know, but it's obviously very violating to Tara. Yeah. So yeah, it's just and interesting then, to see yeah. those little things. Kind of like the, almost the foil of that would be like Xander It's like he, he also feels powerless mm-hmm. just like, willow yeah and but instead of like you know going and like helping giles he kind of is more blatant about like trying to like fight directly alongside buffy it's his egotistic side yeah and there's male this, side. there's this immediate yeah. that like, you're just because you're male you're egotistical yeah well yes yeah. yeah but like there's this kind of immediate like clash of heads in a way because like you know they like like i said in the non-spoilers like the roles are being set at this point and mm-hmm. buffy is being set up as the slayer mm-hmm. giles is the watcher and then you know he doesn't fight he just helps he doesn't fight yeah. and you can already see that huge clash of like like buffy is like at the end of the day i'm the slayer and she's kind of saying like i make the decisions and like you can see Xander really struggling with or that. Or not even just, I make the decisions because I think everybody was kind of honest of like, yeah, Buffy needs to go fight this guy or find Jesse. But I think it was more of like Xander's like, well, why not me too? Like, oh, because you said I'm not strong enough and I can't. Right. That mean that like, I'm not man enough. Like he sees mm-hmm. strength as, a, an, as an inherently man right. male thing. And yeah. Buffy's going, no, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's just interesting that Xander immediately goes to that right. position and it, I mean, we see and he it. fights that for seasons. Yeah, he yeah. really does. And like, it's it's just very interesting because we've seen this type of argument over and over and mm-hmm. over and over in this show, where like so much the gang will have differing opinions, but then Buffy have to has to stand up and be like, mm-hmm. "I listen to you guys, but I'm the Slayer, and I make the ultimate stamp of approval," mm-hmm. which is absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. she's the one who carries out the actions. She's, yeah, she's at times like, "I'm willing to dialogue about it," but at the end of the day, because I'm the one that has to do the actual doing. I'm the one that gets to make that final call because yeah. it's ultimately down to yeah. me. Which is just crazy. Like, I forgot that they set that up so mm-hmm. early on. Like, it's the second episode, and mm-hmm. they're already setting up that conversation and the beginnings of it and starting to show that there is, like, almost a hierarchy yeah. of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there is. And Xander sees that as that 
hierarchy of Buffy first being like, oh, I'm not man enough. Whereas it's like, no, it has nothing to do about your manhood. It yeah. has everything to do with like your calling. Right. So. Yep. Yeah. The next thing I wanted to jump to was Angel in the crypt. Is there yeah. anything else you had yes. before that? No, okay. that's actually where I wanted to okay, jump to next. Yeah, I, I, I just starred Angel is alone. And I think that yeah. is so... She, made, she makes a comment about, like, you don't have any friends. Yeah. And he gets yeah. quiet. Yeah. So sad. But it's Angel. also completely consistent yeah. to Angel up till this point. He, he's been feeding on rats in the sewers. He has seen Buffy from afar because of Whistler. Mm-hmm. And Buffy is his purpose right now. Right. And so she's the person that's kind of giving him purpose in his right. life. And so... But he's scared. That's why he's yeah. been he hiding. Said, he said he was afraid, too. Mm-hmm. When I... I never noticed that. I've rewatched the show like four times. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you've been isolated, if mm-hmm. you're antisocial, if you see somebody that you are falling in love with who mm-hmm. is like BA and has confidence and is sure of himself, you would be a little bit scared because like, I I tested my uh, quote unquote good side yet. Mm-hmm. I have but only I known my demon like, side. I think mm-hmm. it's also the idea of like for the first time in years, like, Angel's starting to feel like he has something to lose. Yeah. And so I think for him, he's kind of like scared because he's like, I don't I don't want to lose Buffy. I also don't want to lose myself. Like I'm starting to fight for yeah. myself. Yeah. Like Angel up until this point, like it's it's just really cool because like Buffy challenges him and she's kind of like trying to like she doesn't realize it, but she's showing him like what being like have like what being having a soul actually means because mm. she's saying like i'm gonna go fight for people and it's kind of like this idea of like angel doesn't really yet realize what he can do for the world and what for people mm-hmm. and so like he's starting to kind of see what he can do through buffy well he's trying to find mm-hmm. balance up until this point it's been either like extremely evil whether that's angel or angelus because can't keep himself from sucking people's blood um, or drinking people's blood and so i think looking back at him saying i'm afraid when you initially watch that you think oh he's afraid of the master he's afraid mm-hmm. of all that but going back and watching it it's like oh that takes on mm-hmm. a layered meaning i don't know that he's necessarily afraid of the master he's afraid of himself he's afraid if he goes down there because the master and darla are there he's going to become revert to his old mm-hmm. self and he doesn't yeah. want to do he's that. unsure of like his own boundaries at this point yeah he also hasn't l- purely loved something or someone in since mm-hmm. he was a human and that was 242 yeah. years ago if ever at all yeah well he yeah. didn't love darla he no. clearly yeah. said that he yeah. was obsessed with their relationship or whatever mm-hmm. it was that they had yeah um, it was very toxic but like he has hasn't loved something yet i also pointed out um just like switching gears a little bit but that angel's actually kind of standing in the sun a little bit and that yes he said it'll haunt him forever yes yeah yeah he's just out of light enough that you totally. don't think about it but if you're looking you're like there's a beam of light that's on him mm-hmm. <laughs> well they also didn't know at this point if he was gonna be a vampire yeah and but you so, could tell joss left it ambiguous yeah. for a reason and he's yeah. like ah dang it yeah well he wasn't the one who directed it to which Polly frustrates him too because he's like i would have never thought of that yeah. mediocre mistake right yeah just kidding yeah no <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So then the next thing I have, um, I was talked about um, Harmony. Mm. I don't know if you guys had that. Well, anything I, before that. I think Harmony comes after, but there is like the one scene where Xander and Buffy are talking. Oh, yeah. That's right. And before. then Buffy actually mentions Siring, mm. um, which is super small, but it was just very interesting. I was like, huh. Like, what did she say? I didn't catch she that. Was, she was like, because um, Xander said something along the lines of like, because they were talking about ways to kill them. Okay. And then Xander was like, is it all? And she was like, no, there's also this, 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 this. Oh, and siring and this. And so she kind of like lumped it in there with other things that he just didn't know. Oh, was she talking about it in reference to like how to kill a vampire? Or was she saying? 
Um, I think she was just referencing it in a way of just saying like, these are things that you don't know yet. Oh, interesting. I'll have to, I've never noticed that. I'll have to go back and look at it. Yeah. I'm trying to remember Harmony's name. Oh, Mercedes McNabb. <laughs> it's really interesting because even though she wasn't technically in the first episode, this one, we like a lot of people lump them in together. Um, Mercedes McNabb and David Boreanaz are the only two Buffy verse characters that you see in the angel finale. That yeah. Are also in the Buffy um, pilot. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting. Like, yeah. Angel's the only character to be in everything. He's in the first episode of Buffy, mm-hmm. the last episode of Buffy, yep. first episode of Angel, last episode of yeah. Angel. Super cool. But it's just kind of interesting because Mercedes McNabb is not at all a character you think so that, that would right? see around. Yeah. She's barely in the first three seasons. Yeah. She's Buffy actually, yeah. is like... I mean, it only comes in the last season of Angel anyway, right. but still, she's in the finale and yeah. in the, the beginning episode Yeah, of but Buffy. it's just like crazy because it's like... In Buffy, like you, there's so many characters are just kind of like, oh, background, you know, comes yeah. in a few times. But you don't care about around. them. around. They mm-hmm. come back yeah. seasons later. They either become like main characters like or Amy. like, or yeah, yeah. or characters that rat. move the plot along. Like, it's just insane. They really do a good job of like, and it, which makes it feel more real because like you always run into people. Yeah. And so it, it feels more real like people from high school or people from your past like constantly pop yeah. up. Like Super Jonathan cool. is one of those that's really, yeah. Yeah. Jonathan's Love in the Jonathan. first, um, in the, in the pilot uh, that they the unaired released. One? Yeah, he's oh. like standing in front of Buffy in line at the bronze. He never says anything, but that's apparently how he got his role. He, um he was the only actor that it was written, just written, don't say anything or like not have anything written. Just you're supposed to like smile at Buffy and nod or whatever. And he was the only actor. You see, they tested several of them and they all would say, okay, or something after she talked to them, but they were supposed to be silent. And Jonathan was the only one that was silent. And so he got the role, <laughs> but he's a fantastic actor. And oh, obviously yeah. he goes on to have a much bigger role in the Buffy verse. Yeah. I yeah. Thought that was hilarious. He got on because he didn't say anything. Hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I have written down for the scene is, you know, Buffy, her power move with delete. Um, yeah. And that kind of goes Willow. on what we were saying. Or Willow, sorry. Yeah, Willow, her power move. Yeah, it was kind of the same mm-hmm. thing as what we talked about yeah. before. I did want to mention that the differences in the vampires and what you see in the future. So, like, there are oh, lots, there's yeah, so yeah, much yeah. slower their eyes are glowing, their fingers are glowing. And mm-hmm. I mentioned in the non-spoilers, like this episode was very experimental for Joss. Mm-hmm. He really was trying to figure out what he wanted. Mm-hmm. The makeup is a lot more extreme. It's white. Versus yeah. Makeup's really extreme colored. and yeah. the transitions are so bad. Like Darla's transition, yeah. especially in this episode, was She's awful. like a foot higher in the second frame. Yeah, yeah. Her head's like going down. But I think it's just yeah. like so many of those, like the fact that they were able to rip off the metal door, I was like, what yeah they don't seem to be as strong later on yeah they're definitely strong but that was just like a weird level of strength that i was like they have never exhibited this before but um that and then uh the lisp the guy who played jesse i forgot to bring that up yeah Yeah. um like it kind of sucks because it's like um sucks (laughs) (laughs) oh um but like some other part shows like um, Vampire Diaries, they don't have like the garters. They just have like the little two fake oh, teeth the on the sides. Yeah. Yeah. Where they can speak normally. But it's like, man, like the OG vampires really had to like learn how to speak yeah. normally. Like David had to figure out how to do it so much. Yeah. And well, they, they, they ended up giving custom. Uh, they end up giving custom ones to people who are more regular. So like, oh, the spy right. where they could have yeah. teeth like David ingrained Boranis, in it. They, yeah. They all got their, like a garter. their own. Yeah. But if they were just like a one episode vampire, they ended up just getting 
the generic ones, which that's end true. up making it harder for them to talk. Yeah, yeah that's well, true. Well, they were like, if this vampire is just going to sit around, look scary, and not talk, they'll just give him a generic mold. Yeah. But I would imagine generic or if it's, you know, molded precisely to your teeth, it's still going to be hard to talk about. And he talks about, I forget the line that Jesse has at the very end in the bronze, but it has a lot of S's in it. Yeah, he's like, and man, he's like, I apologize. Yeah, it's like, sorry, Jesse or Eric. Yeah. I didn't mean yeah. to give you so many hard lines. And then, honestly, the, the last thing I wanted to point out was something that I'd never thought about before until we were listening to the commentary was the reason why they put the master in the church in the first place was so that he wasn't out about causing, you know, trouble for 12 episodes oh, yeah. before the final because, like, one, it makes it a lot more scary when you don't really know fully what the the villain can do yet. But it's also, like, if he had been out and about for 12 episodes Buffy would have at some point come and beat him up or yeah. something like that so or why like, didn't he just go and attack Buffy? exactly so it would have created a lot of like questions so like it wasn't just because like it was like a cool storyline it was also just like for practical reasons mm-hmm. like yeah they really needed to keep him out of the way yeah um also, like when when they're talking about the the roles or how to like repress or, or kill a vampire mm-hmm. they said garlic mm-hmm. and i was like sitting there and i was like man like the only time i can think of that there's garlic in the show is when angelus is there and like yeah, she's trying Buffy's to like bed. yeah she's trying to like repel him from her bedroom because he like can't sleep at night because mm-hmm. he drew a picture of her yeah i think that's and probably one of the that's garlic maybe yeah maybe when they did a spell to keep angels out of the house or something yeah i don't i really can't yeah. think of anything that i can't think of anywhere it else. might be like a sign of like desperation yeah it's like they're just using anything right she like angels had crosses everywhere yeah. yeah but it's like it's probably something just like a cross where it just kind of keeps yeah. them at bay a little bit yeah. hey, but if you guys can think of any other episode or another scene that has garlic let us know yeah. email us because yeah. i can't I'm remember curious. i'm really curious um i had two more things that i was gonna say i forgot to mention this about darla but Darla is actually so when you think of vampires in lore, you think of guys as being vampires. And I think that True. Darla, not only is she the first vampire on screen, she's also the first vampire to kill. And I think that's mm. again Joss saying, Hey, and the first like, woman vampire we've seen far. Yeah, exactly. You normally think of guys being vampires, mm-hmm. at least back then, especially. And I think it's really interesting that she's the first one to kill. Yeah. And again, it's Joss going, this is going to be a very female-centric show. And we're going to kind of show women in different roles that yeah. are not stereotypically female-centric right. or female-gendered. Um, and then the other thing I have to say, but I thought this was really cool. And I was like, oh, I, like, I knew this. I was like, where is where have I heard this line before? So both the master and Giles talks about the old ones. And we had talked about this last episode when Leah had said, oh, I think the old ones were those um, Uber vamps that come out in season seven. Like yeah. it's confirmed that they were because they were. Was, yeah, Leah was correct. You were correct. Because oh, Joss was. Right. T- <laughs> okay, don't get too used to <laughs> No, but Joss was talking about how. Um, the master as a vampire looks very different because he looks more animalistic. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. that's what like led me yeah, to believe that they were right. uber vamps because I was like, he kind of looks like some yeah. of them. And the older they get, he's saying that they leave their mortality and their morality behind yeah. and they become more evil and they start to look more animalistic. More demonic. And more demonic, yeah. So all uber, an- like the uber, but the are- old ones. Oh. Yeah, so in season seven. They all wear the same wardrobe though. I thought about that. Well, like, that's really weird. Well, because they're all uber vamps. So basically yeah. they just, they don't, they don't care, care anymore. Yeah. Mm. yeah and i i mean in my head canon i'd like to believe that the first made them all the same outfit because he liked them all to look the same <laughs> hey <laughs> but it's, it's easier for like, like copy and pasting yeah. for like a computer like, you notice the outfit that the master is wearing looks very similar to the yep. ones that the uber vamps are wearing yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true um 
I don't know if you guys had anything to say, like, in the middle of the episode. The only other thing that I, like, was going to talk about um, was the fact, and you kind of, I don't know, like, you mentioned it during um, mm-hmm. the non-spoiler version, but um, Joss was planning on killing off Darla in this episode, um, but he decided to keep her around because oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, because uh, he wanted to show a darkness, a dark side to Angel because mm-hmm. those who have seen the show and those who have seen Angel know that they, like were like lovers for like a hundred years at one point. Um, And like he was attracted to that. He was very obsessive in that relationship. He never loved her. The fact Mm -hmm. that he never loved her in a hundred years. He's like, I think at this point he's really scared to like, like you were saying, Sarah, Mm -hmm. to like step over into that like dark side because he hasn't found a happy medium. He is like, he's a tortured soldier like throughout the whole show. He doesn't know how to live in this world and not kill people. He doesn't have a happy medium. It's like, it's very hard for him because he also has like, the um the curse that's yeah. what i was trying to say oh yeah um he has the curse on him so he has like just very li- limited type of um willpower mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah um so the last thing i wanted to mention that i was really excited about so the last thing that giles says in the episode is the earth is doomed and i love it because in the series finale season seven when they're all standing around in that circle and they're all getting ready to say goodbye to each other as buffy walks down the hallway with um xander and with willow they talk about going to the mall like and all the other stuff you know just kind of like as a harken back to the old days and as they're walking down the hall they're talking about their shoes and what they're going to buy. And Giles turns back and says to himself, the earth is definitely doomed. <gasps> he says that? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I didn't even know that. So I knew, I knew that was a callback, but I didn't remember which episode. But it's it's hearkening back to the pilot when no Giles way. says the so earth. Cute. He says the earth is doomed in the pilot. And then in season seven finale, he says the earth is definitely doomed. Aww, wow. Yeah. That's so cute. So I just thought that was really cute. And I love that. I don't know. I just love those tiebacks. I think those just yeah. makes the show Definitely feel ties so it cohesive. Together, totally. And, yeah. So anyway, that's all I have. Do you guys have anything else? No, I think I got to say cool. everything I noticed. Well, we thank you guys so much for listening and yep. for hopefully enjoying this. Um, hopefully you'll join us next time doing episode three. The yeah, witch. episode three, The Witch. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, thanks again, you guys. And if you have any questions, comments, um, Any spoilers can, that we missed? Yeah. And feel free to email us at becomingbuffypodcast at gmail.com or follow us at becomingbuffypodcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you guys and dialogue with you. Talk to you guys later. Bye.